Yeah, it's on. All right. Hey. I said in the first service we could just keep singing that song over and over and over again uh, for the next uh, half hour and call it a day. Um, a lot of power in that song and the words of that song. So you can see on the slide the, the title of uh, the sermon today is uh, We Believe in Eternity. When was the last time you thought about eternity? It's not something we think about that often, but my guess is you were probably at a funeral. That's when I tend to think about those things. You know, in a funeral home or in a church, at a memorial service, I tend to think, you know, those, those big, about those big things like the afterlife and about heaven and what happens to me when I die and the legacy that I'm going to leave behind and kind of think about all those things, right? Well, this morning I want to talk a little bit about eternity. And first, I just want to say right off the bat that um, for followers of Jesus, for men and women, boys and girls who place their faith and their allegiance in Jesus, eternity is not something to be feared. It is off the charts amazing and glorious to think about. Woo! I mean, it is a spectacular truth. It is just packed full of hope indescribable. It's something that we long for and anticipate. So I think it's really important that we talk about eternity in this We Believe series. And it's important because what we believe about eternity impacts how we live today. What we believe about forever impacts how we live in the here and the now. In other words, if you believe that your life is just an accident and you have no purpose, you have no reason for being here, that there is no afterlife. When you die, you just get buried in the ground. That's it. Uh, game over. Then live it up. It doesn't matter how you live your life. It doesn't matter what you believe. There, there's no truth. There's no standards. Just do whatever you like. But on the other hand, if you believe that you were created by God for a specific purpose, for the glory of God, and that you will live forever, somewhere, after your life here on earth, that will dramatically alter how you live today. So today as we talk about eternity and the, and the new creation, I've got to tell you right off the bat, uh, you're probably, you might walk away from here this morning and go, well, Dave, he, he tried hard, but I think he kind of missed the mark. Uh, this is one of those things that is just like, there's so much to it. And, and, and I just can't ever adequately describe the glory of what eternity is going to be like the glory of the new creation. Paul even proves my point when he says this in 1 Corinthians. He's like, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I just can't do the new creation justice. It is just so glorious and so amazing. So I'm going to rely heavily on scripture this morning to, to kind of walk us through this and, and do most of the work. And I want to start by reading some scripture over us as we begin today. I want to start in John chapter 14. John chapter 14 begins like this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Maybe you came in this morning kind of feel, feeling kind of heavy. A lot of anxiety. Maybe you didn't sleep all last night. Maybe you're watching online this morning and you're just feeling weighed down by all the stuff in this world all this stuff that's happening in your life. Uh, maybe this is just a difficult season for you. These are Jesus' words. Let me read them again. Do not 
let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas, who was often a little slow catching on to things, he says to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Could you say that with me? Let's read that verse 6 together. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's keep going. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Then then there's the words of John, the refugee, exiled on the island of Patmos. He had a vision given to him by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God revealed this to him. And he, he, he writes this in Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. Woo, that is awesome. It's like the Holy of Holies from the temple in Jerusalem is coming down. God's presence is with us forever. And it says, uh, where was I? Uh, Yes, uh, they, they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. I love this. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God. They will be my people. Encouraged yet? <laughs> Father, we ask you in, this, in these next few moments that you would meet with us, that you would open our eyes to the truth of your word and the power of your spirit, that you would help us to see things as you see them, that we would loosen our grip and lessen our love for this world, and we would anticipate the glory of what is to come and, and live in such a way today that would impact forever, eternity. We pray this in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Love doing that. Uh, I used to, like, as a kid, I felt God's call in my life early on as a kid. And I used to, this is really nerdy. But my dad was a pastor. We lived right across from the church. I would go over and I would practice preaching. And I used to say, and all God's people said. <laughs> anyway, so. Just the thing that I like to do. <laughs> I don't know why I just shared that. Um, anyway, uh. I want to talk about three misconceptions about eternity for those who follow Jesus. I want to talk to you about what eternity is not. Some misconceptions, because I think a lot of people think various things about heaven, about the new creation, about eternity. And, uh, and then as we talk about these three misconceptions, we're going to talk a little bit about what it really is. So here's the first thing. Uh, the first misconception is this. Eternity with God will be boring, right? 
Eternity with God will be a snooze fest. Uh, why do you think so many people believe that heaven is boring? Cartoons? What else? I heard something over here. Church, because church is boring? Hey, the last time you thought about eternity was probably in a church service. You're like, man, it felt like an eternity while the pastor was droning on and on and on and on. I think one of the reasons people think uh, eternity is boring is because of the devil. I think he goes around spreading this lie. I think he goes around like, you know, because he's a deceiver. He's the, you know, prince of darkness, the father of lies. That's all he, that's his native language. That's what he speaks, lies, right? His mission, mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. I think, I think if I were the devil, I would go around and I would like tell people that, yeah, eternity is going to be boring. <laughs> Don't bother. Like just live it up now. Live for today. This is all that matters. Who cares what you believe about Jesus and how you live your life or where your allegiance lies? What's the point? I kind of grew up thinking heaven was born. I'll be honest. I, I, uh, and I don't know what your, what your picture is in your, in your mind about what the new creation will be like, but I had this, you know, and I saw various pictures and cartoons and all that stuff. You know, like, I, I thought, like, when we die, we, we well, we go up <laughs> into the clouds, right? And we get in this long line of people, you know, like we're waiting for a ride at, you know, Hershey Park or something, like, you know, line of people to get to the pearly gates where we talk to St. Peter. Why, where do we get this? And, 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 and St. Peter, you know, he gets his list of, of names out and, and uh, makes sure that we're on the list and we give him our name. He checks us off. He gives us a robe and he gives us like our, our own personalized harp. Here you go. And, uh, you know, he, he gives us our mansion number and, and, and our key and we head down this, this street of gold to, toward our mansion and uh, we get into our mansion and we're like you know checking things out and we open up the cupboards in the kitchen and it's just full of like uh, fruits and veggies that's all there is in our kitchen you know like for <laughs> forever like asparagus and brussels sprouts and apples and bananas you know and and then we see on the fridge there's this little schedule about like you know upcoming events here in heaven and we see like that there's a worship service starting in five minutes no way can you believe it, you know? And then it's, it's happening like every hour on the hour, like for the rest of the week and, and next week and the week after and the week after that. And like, okay, this is, we kind of know the schedule already. Uh, and so like, yeah, uh, I have lots of things like that in my head. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's uh, very uh, far off from what uh, you thought probably is. Um, but a lot of people think eternity is going to be boring. And why do you think people think heaven is boring? I think it's because a lot of people think God is boring. Like he's a killjoy. He robs us of everything fun. What I hope you'll understand though is that new, th- this new creation that we get to be a part of as followers of Jesus will be the opposite of boredom. It is the absence of everything evil and it is the presence of God. And when you think about it, everything that you enjoy here on earth is a result of a gift from God in heaven. Your favorite meal, your favorite food, your favorite restaurant, you get to enjoy that because God created you with a nose to smell all the aromas. Uh, He gave you taste buds so that you can taste all of the flavors. Your favorite uh, um, place in, uh, in nature he allows you to enjoy that because he gives you eyes to see, skin to feel the, the tropical breezes or the ocean waters. 
when you feel joy, when you laugh, when you feel love, these are the emotions given to you by a good God in heaven who loves to give good gifts to his children on earth. One day when God restores and renews this broken world, when he creates the new heaven and new earth, you will enjoy everything that you enjoy now on earth, but without sin, without pain, without sorrow, no more death. It's the absence of everything evil. It's the presence of everything good. It's the opposite of boredom. I want to unpack this just a little bit more, give you a, some of the highlights, I think, that, that help us understand that heaven is not going to be boring. Uh, the first thing is we will know one another, love and be loved. 1 Corinthians 13, 12, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Uh, I, I believe that in the new creation, we will recognize one another. We will know one another. We will love and be loved. I think that we can, you know, look up some people that we read about in the Bible. And uh, we can say, you know, hey, uh, Daniel, bro, what was it like, you know, being in, like being in Babylon and trying to remain faithful to God? What went through your head when you landed on the floor in the cat room, you know, and they saw the lions that were looking at you? You know, we could talk to Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, and, and, uh, and ask her questions. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would... Wait, wait, that... <laughs> I think we, we've already asked those questions, haven't we? Um, I, we will know and be known. It's pretty cool. For those of you who have lost loved ones in Christ, those of you who have lost a child, a spouse, a friend, the last time that you were at a funeral, you thought about eternity because you were there because of a loved one that passed, you will be reunited with those that you love. And yet, no heartache, no pain, no rejection. What will the new creation be like? Um, it will be a place of breathtaking beauty. What's your favorite place here on earth? Any, anyone have a, like a favorite place you just love to go visit and spend time? Like it's the most beautiful, breathtaking place. Anybody have something? Go ahead and say it out loud, Charlie. Alaska. There you go. Hawaii. The opposite of Alaska. No. Uh, anybody else? beautiful just imagine like uh taking 10 years uh, all expense paid you know travel just think like uh you know here we have the seven wonders of the world i think in the new creation there's going to be like seven million wonders it's going to be a place of just breathtaking beauty if no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has conceived what god has prepared for them says Paul, then I think that implies perhaps that there might be a lot of surprises in store for us. Maybe some new colors, some new sounds, some new sensations of the recreated world that, as God establishes a new and glorified world. What will the new creation be like? Well, it'll be a place where we will be face to face with Jesus. And that is amazing when you read scripture and realize that we can't survive uh, seeing the glory of God. Like Moses is like, show me your glory, God. And God's like, you can't handle my glory, you know. 
I'll give you just a glimpse, you know. And then Moses' face was all glowing as he came down the mountain. In fact, uh, in, the Holy, in the Old Testament, in the Holy of Holies, they would tie, uh, the high priest would go in, and they would tie a rope around his leg, just in case he, you know, got too close to the presence of God, or maybe he had some unconfessed sin or something, then they could just, like, pull him back out. And, and uh, you know, because the presence of God, the glory of God is just absolutely amazing. Well, our glorified bodies will be able to handle that. We'll be able to see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We'll be able to look Jesus in the eyes. Actually, just close your eyes for a minute. We'll be able to just picture Jesus' face. We'll be able to look Jesus in the eyes. The one who loved us before we were born. The one who left the glories of heaven, became obedient to death, suffered tremendously on our behalf that resulted in death because he wanted to spend eternity with us. You can open up your eyes. We'll be able to look him in the eye and say, thank you, Jesus. We'll be able to worship him face to face. We'll be able to embrace him. That's what I'm looking forward to. And get in line because I'm not going to let go for a while. It's okay. We have eternity. You'll get your chance, all right? In the, brave, in the very presence of the Father, Son, and Spirit. If you were here last week, uh, uh, let's read this verse in First John. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. If you were here last week, DJ uh, defined eternity in Christ like this. And there's some big words, but it's a really great definition. When the passing of time is no longer felt or experienced. You know, oftentimes we talk about eternity like, you know, when, when we've been there 10,000 years, you know, bright shining, as, bright shining as the sun. Eternity, time is no more. It's no longer felt or experienced because every present moment is consummated into the triune koinonia in such a way that the people of God are fully enveloped in the everlasting and ever-present give it away. Remember that? <laughs> give it away interconnectedness and love of the Father, Son, and Spirit. We're going to be giving away our crowns. We're going to be together with the Father, Son, and Spirit. I'm looking forward to that. I hope you are as well. In the new creation, you will have new and perfect bodies. If you have a disability of any kind now, if you have chronic pain, chronic fatigue, if you have cancer, in the new creation, no more. Maybe you had a, grand, a grandmother that got sick and her mind faded away. When you see your grandma again, she is made whole. She's well. She's perfect in every way. What will the new creation be like? Eternity for followers of Jesus is the absence of everything bad, painful, and evil. It is the presence of everything good, holy, and glorious. And we've never experienced a place like that, ever. We live in this broken world. The new creation, everything bad is gone. Everything good is what we experience. You can also dig in more to the, the new creation. It appears that we'll actually have the, the glory of working for Jesus in a way that, that we enjoy and love. It won't be a curse 
<laughs> it will be a blessing like it was originally intended to be. And so whatever you're gifted at, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you love to do here on earth, you'll be able to do that, I, I believe, in the new creation. And it'll be fun, right? If you, if you love, you know, uh, you know, if you love taking care of a garden here on earth, if you love growing tomatoes now, you're going to love growing tomatoes in the new creation. You're going to have huge tomatoes. I, tomatoes on steroids, you know. It's going to be amazing. For all eternity, we'll be ruling and reigning with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's the presence of everything good, holy, right, and just. What will you not find in the new creation? No more death. No more pain. Let me ask you, what will you not find in the new creation? Let's call it out. No more what? No more division. No more weeds. Yes, no more weeds. No more what? This is what Paul says. He's like, they think only about this life here on earth. Another translation says they, they, their mind is set on earthly things. You know, we, we are citizens of the United States of America. They're, they're only thinking about, like, um, how I look, what I wear, how much I make, your opinion of me, um, my bank account, where I live, where I go. They think only about this life here on earth. But Paul says, but we are citizens of where? Of heaven. We're citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. I'm good with this. And, and, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that God has planted eternity in the human heart. Eternity, olam, refers to God's placing an eternal longing in our heart which includes our, our mind, soul, and spirit. It affirms the idea that, that humans operate in a different way than other forms of life. We have a sense of eternity in our lives. We possess an innate knowledge that there is something more to life than what we can see and experience in the here and now. This world is not our home. Eternity does matter. I'd like to illustrate it this way. Um, could I get... Uh, Anderson, could you come up here and help me out for a second? Just take that all the way over to the door. Thanks. I'm going to illustrate. Thanks, DJ. Imagine this rope as like a timeline, all right? And imagine like this rope keeps going all the way through that door, out the building. That rope continues. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is eternity past right? At the very end of that rope is God, but it keeps going because God has always been. God is eternal. Psalm 90 verse 2, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God's always been, and that makes smoke come out of my ears when I think about that. That's eternity past. This is eternity present. And it keeps going. Right in, in here somewhere, let's say this is like the, the history of mankind, all right? So this is the history of mankind in light of eternity. So at the very beginning, you have who? Adam and Eve. You have Adam and Eve right here at the beginning. 
somewhere along the way, Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Uh, you have the, the Renaissance somewhere. You fast forward, you have the Reformation. You have the Industrial Revolution. You have like World War I, the Great Depression, World War II. Uh, somewhere I'm born. Um, two years later, the Phillies win their first World Series, 1980. You have, uh, and then right here at the end is us today, right now. The history of mankind in light of eternity, it's not a whole lot, is it? That's why scripture says our life is like a mist that like is here for a little bit and then disappears. It fades away. Our time is limited. But yet so many of us, we live right here. And we, and we get so uh, riled up and stressed out and anxious about things that are so temporary, things that don't really matter in light of eternity. We need to ask ourselves, like, hey, if what I'm worked up about right now, is it going to make any difference like 100 years from now, 1,000 years from now? And if it's not, then why, why does it matter to us so much to us right now? And the opposite is true, too. If things matter out here in, in eternity, then by all means, they should matter to us right here. What matters to us? What, what matters in eternity? How we love, right? How we serve, how we give. Um, the words that we choose to speak out of our mouths, are they life-giving? The ways that we invest in people's lives. Ways that we uh, serve others and tell them about Jesus. That's what matters way out here. So it should matter to us right here. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4.18. He says, so, so we don't look at the troubles that we see now, right? We don't look at all the stuff that keeps us up at night right here. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen for the things that we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. What we believe about eternity determines how we live today. So many misconceptions about eternity and the new creation. The third one is this. All around the world today, so many people wrongly believe that everyone gets in. Everyone will be a part of the new creation. Universalism. Everyone goes to heaven. So it doesn't matter what I do or how I live. It doesn't matter what I believe. Most people are going anyway, right? And I'm a good person. I haven't killed anybody, you know? And good people go to heaven, right? Actually, don't forget what Jesus said. He, he said this. He said, broad is the road, and wide is the path that leads to destruction, and many people are on it. But narrow is the road, and small is the gate that leads to life and a few people find it. The truth is, good people don't spend eternity with God. Forgiven people spend eternity with God. Forgiven people, forgiven by the grace of Jesus, those who fall on the grace and mercy of God and place their faith and allegiance in Jesus, those are the people who will spend forever in this amazing place that we've been talking about today. As we close, I want to just read a couple of verses over us. And I want you to uh, internalize it. We're going to close with some worship in just a moment. But if you wouldn't mind uh, 
standing to your feet as, as I read this. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone, help me out, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Hey, we're not good. We all fall short in some way. Uh, if, you, if, we, uh, if we truly understand the holiness of God, we will be more aware, acutely aware of our sinfulness. We all, fall, we all fall short. But look at this. Yet God, yet God, yet God, in his grace, right? Notice it doesn't say yet God in our righteousness or yet God in our goodness or yet God in our religious performance, but yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Where's Patty? Is Patty here today? Patty, back there. Patty's been praying for me this week. She asked me last week how she could pray for me. I said, well, I'm preaching next Sunday. You could pray for that. Thank you. And as I've been praying, I, I was praying that God would help me do two things today. The first one was that, that he would um, speak through me and uh, relieve fear. That he would take away fear. Because if you are in Christ, like Rocco is, we saw him baptized a few weeks ago. If you're saved by grace, if you are following Jesus, you have nothing to fear about the future. The future is glorious, nothing to be afraid of. That was my first prayer. My second prayer was that, it, that God would speak through me and create a, sense of, uh, create a sense of urgency. Because this life that we have is very short. That we would maximize every moment that we have as we follow Jesus. Worship team, you can come on up. We're going to close with some worship. But I, I have to ask you a question as we wrap up. And I don't know how else to ask it but this. Will you be with Jesus for eternity? Will you be with Jesus for eternity because you don't want to miss out? This is going to be amazing. I don't want any of you to miss out. I don't want any of you watching online to miss out. And if in your, in your heart, if it's kind of confusing or if it's uh, not clear to you, if, if it's been muddied by, by other, you know, teachings or whatever, man, come talk to DJ or I or the elders or Brandon. Shannon, we'd love to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you and just talk to you about Jesus. I'd love to speak the name of Jesus over you and share about his goodness and his grace. Secondly, if you can answer yes to that question, here's the second question for you. What do you need, who do you need to share Jesus with? So many people don't know. They're confused, it's not clear. Who do you need to share Jesus with so they have an opportunity to either accept him or reject him? Who do you need to be like, hey, would you just give Jesus a shot? Give him a chance. See what he can do in your life. Father, I thank you that we don't have to be afraid this morning. Thank you for your grace. While we were still sinners, you died for us. 
because you wanted to spend eternity with us. You're just that good. Lord, may we have this sense of urgency that our time is limited. We get one shot at this life. May we be bold in our faith. May we be faithful as followers of you, Jesus. And just continue to speak your name. We love you. We worship you now. Amen.